Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and look at this. It's Stu Kedwell actually on Tuesday, so Stu's is back. Stu, welcome. Hi, Dave. Thanks for having me. Look at this. So uh, so, so, not only can you trust Stu to, uh, to manage money really effectively, he, uh, he's managing his calendar now, and, and so am I. So we're, uh, we're, we're back in sync, Stu. <laughs> back on Tuesdays. I like it. Back on Tuesdays. Okay, so w- what I want to talk to you about today, I've got a few questions uh, from, 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 from people I've been talking to. They saw uh, Tesla, high-profile stock, uh, obviously an incredible performance and an even better story. Uh, Elon Musk, electric vehicles, batteries, all of the things around Tesla, uh, and was recently added to the S&P 500. You and your team manage several mandates that invest in you know, large, l- large U.S. Uh, companies, uh, but you're an active manager. So Given what you're trying to accomplish for investors who invest in, in, in your fund mandates, what do you do when a big, expensive, high-profile stock just all of a sudden gets dumped into an index? What do you do as an active manager? Well, it's a great, it's a great question, and, and we do the same thing that we do with any candidate that might be up for consideration in the funds is... You know, so now it is it is part of the mandate, but just because it's part of the mandate doesn't mean it has to be owned. And then the second thing you do is you you look at a wide variety of scenarios that might sit in front of Tesla. And um, you know, Tesla has has really been a very very strong stock. Uh, you know, we'll see over time whether the weight of expectations uh, arrive relative to its to its current share price. But um, you know, you would run a bear case, which would involve a lot of competitive activity around electric cars and a more narrow uh, usage of the uh, electric batteries. And then you would have a bull case that would have, you know, a target market well beyond just automobiles and you know the use of of uh, electric uh, batteries, the, the Tesla batteries, and a whole wide variety of um, and markets. So. You know, it is a it is a fairly a challenging investment because the range of outcomes is extremely wide. So you know you have to take you have to take some note of that. But then the second thing you can also do is is look at you know the valuation that you have to accept. And um, you know, a business like this would be very hard to value on earnings, even at the best of times, because there aren't any. So you'd be looking at uh, you know the price to say the price to sales ratio that uh, you have to pay for Tesla at the get-go, which right now is around 19 or 20 times its uh, forward sales. And you'd be trying to say, well, what's required to make this a successful investment over a long period of time? And over a long period of time, you would need many, many years of very strong growth. And uh, you would need very wide margins off that revenue that would arrive a number of years down the road. And um, that's what it would take to make a Tesla a successful investment. So, you know, just to put it in perspective, uh, you know, when Google went public, uh, it began in the it began around uh, the mid twenties times uh, sales, and it's one of the few companies that compounded its revenue by greater than thirty uh, percent for ten years. 
not every year uh, within that 10 years, but certainly over the uh, time span. And with its margins, even though it uh, went public at uh, say 25 times sales, and within five or six years of going public was down to uh, six or seven times sales, it did that by growing into it. And then for the next 10 years, it's really traded between five and eight times sales and uh, you know still delivered quite strong returns to shareholders. So for a company like Tesla, you would need to see that type of growth. And then you would need to see Google-like margins, which is unbelievably cash generative, the Google is. And the other thing that might differentiate it versus some investments is that uh, Google is not very capital intensive. Uh, once the search engine is built, uh, you really get the benefits of that over time. Versus if Tesla ends up being uh, you know, mostly a car company, every two or three years, you're going to have to refresh the models. It's going to be quite competitive. And we'll see how that entirely pans out in terms of what margins the business has and, and how much capital uh, is required to execute on, on that growth plan. So you know, there'll be a lot of things that come into play. Um, at any given point in time, there is always a scenario that makes a stock quite successful. And there's always a scenario that makes it quite a poor investment. And uh, we have to weigh the odds as to whether or not uh, we think that's in our favor. In a shorter term standpoint, uh, and we've talked about this before, is that if you're not going to buy and hold something for a very long period of time, then you need a different toolkit to go at that investment. And uh, a momentum-oriented toolkit that some growth investors might use would focus you know, very much on the near-term indicators and the rate of change in those indicators. And um, you know what you might see in the stock market is that uh, you could have very strong growth, but it might be declining at the margin. By that, I mean you know, a business that grows at 30% one year, 25% the next, and then 20% in the third year, that would be quite good growth for any business, but that might be a disappointment to the stock market. So in the very short term, when you're looking at some of these names, you have to, you know, focus on the key metrics and really focus on, are they accelerating or decelerating? And that would be a tool, a toolkit that people might use in the short term. But there's no question Tesla has benefited from a lot of enthusiasm around uh, electric vehicles and batteries in the future, and um, and uh, and that that has uh, you know kind of driven it to uh, the S and P 500 uh, selection committee, and and uh, after two attempts, uh, you know, finally getting uh, an addition. So you, uh, you you kick the tires, but you don't necessarily. Uh buy it or uh or or avoid it. it 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 it's how it fits into the 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 overall portfolio and whether it makes sense uh with the with the the methodology that you use to select any investment that you might put into the portfolio yeah like we really like to have the you know the odds in our favor over a very long period of time uh you know some you know when we when we think about uh, making investment decisions we know that uh uh, you know, we're going to shoot for like a, a healthy batting average on our success rate over time. Uh, any investor knows they're not going to be right 100% of the time. But, you know, we think about the S&P 500 compounding uh, our investors' capital at, you know, say 7 to 9% over a very long period of time. And embedded in that 7 to 9% is all sorts of different investments that we have to evaluate. But the most important thing is that we, you know, compound uh, the capital uh, as best we can over a very long period of time. And, uh, you know, that's where the investment process has been quite helpful at that uh, historically. Yeah. And, and just to be really clear, we're, we're um, I, I'm, I'm using Tesla as an example of a high profile company that was recently added to a major uh, index that many, many uh, funds would would use as a benchmark. We're not recommending Tesla. 
We're not saying don't buy Tesla. That's up to every individual investor. We're just using it in this example to highlight the thinking behind a professional investor and how they would go about making that evaluation as to whether or not they'd include it in their portfolio now or in the future. So please, this is not a buy recommendation or sell recommendation on Tesla. It's just a, how do you think about it in the in the context of a broader portfolio? Oh, 100%. And the great thing about the S&P 500 is that you know, the selection committee alone has identified 500 pretty good businesses. There's not, there's not a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of crap in the S and P 500. So, you know, Tesla gets added, but sitting beside it is Apple and Microsoft and PayPal and a bunch of healthcare businesses and all sorts of, uh, all sorts of businesses that have done a very good job at, at compounding, uh, their, their share prices over long periods of time. So, so there's lots of way to bake lots of ways to bake a cake uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to the S and P 500 and and uh, we think our process is pretty helpful in that regard. Yeah, I mean it's 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 tough to beat, but you've had a pretty good run against it. So uh, so that's uh, I, I, again that's that's why I wanted to uh, to get your thinking on an interesting topic. So Tuesdays are back. We'll see you next Tuesday, Stu. Thanks a lot. Great. Thanks for having me, Dave.